Well, we've got Melody Warnick on the line, and this is Where You Belong. Uh, that's the name of the book. It's uh, the Peoria Reads Selection. And uh, Melody, you've got a program coming up on this. Um, Finding Home Wherever You Are. That was the theme. And uh, I think it's a, a very interesting book. I mean, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, all those lists that one sees where you should live, could live, that sort of thing. And you, you reference that a little bit in the book. You don't spend a lot of time with that. But I think that's something we all see all the time on the Internet. Uh, people seem to be preoccupied with having the right place to go. Would you say that? Yeah, I think we all have uh, this sense that there might be someplace better out there for us. And we just have to find it. I know that that was my feeling when I moved to Blacksburg, Virginia. My husband got a job here and we came to this town thinking um, this place is going to, to be great. It's going to fix all our problems. And we hadn't lived here for very long when I realized that it's not that the place is perfect. It's that your commitment to the place is what makes it good for you. And I had to learn how to commit to my town. Um, but I think for a lot of people, there's always kind of that niggling doubt in the back of their mind. Is there someplace better? You know, my town didn't end up on that top 10 list of greatest communities. And should we consider moving somewhere else? Will that improve our lives? And, and I think it's a complex answer. I think, sure, there might be a, a place out there that you would enjoy living or that might be good for you. But, um, but by simply deciding that we want to be where we are, we can make our places be the right place for us. And Melody Warnick, uh, you, your book outlines just, I, I think it's great the way it's done because you've got chapters by local, um, you know, get close to nature, commune with nature, volunteer, uh, say hi to your neighbors is a, is a very interesting chapter because I think that is something that we can all kind of identify with that, and it doesn't matter, I guess, how old you are, but, you know, somebody who's perhaps been around a while would say oh it's not like it was you know we used to know everybody and uh but you deal with that in a very interesting manner in your chapter yeah you know that perception that things have changed this is not like the good old days when it comes to neighbors that's actually true i think you know back in the 50s and 60s research shows that people really did socialize with their neighbors more and now for a variety of reasons, and COVID certainly did not help on this front. We just don't talk to our neighbors in the same way. We don't get to know them in the same way. So my approach to all of this is really practical. I just want people to get out there and do something. Um, and so in each chapter of the book, I try and offer lots of different ideas and suggestions, but I, I tried them myself in my adopted hometown of Blacksburg. So when it came to knowing my neighbors, I, I kind of looked into the research about why this is important. It helps us establish trust and feel connected in our communities. And so I just did the really old fashioned uh, you know, kind of basic thing of making banana bread for my neighbors and took it around and um, was surprised by how well it went over. I think 
it's a universal symbol of goodwill to take someone a homemade treat. And I think it, it indicated to me that people really do crave this connection, that it's really central to how we feel where we live. And if you're not getting that, if you feel like you don't know your neighbors, um, then get to know your neighbors. You can seek that out for yourself and be proactive about it rather than waiting for people to come to you. Melody Warnick talking about this is where you belong, the uh, Peoria Reed selection that uh, is is now going to be discussed here locally. Peoria is an interesting case, perhaps, because the name is well known around the country, although people may not have ever come here, but it's got one of those towns, you know, names. I think there's others, Kankakee or Ypsilanti. I, I, you could probably recount them better than <laughs> I. You've done the lists and all, but it, it is one of those things that sometimes, and I think you, you have this somewhere in the book, that people have a, a lower self-esteem or the, the town has low esteem because, oh, you know, we're not what we should be or something like that. And, and uh, you, you, you kind of reference that. Yeah, Peoria is an interesting case because you're right. That name has sort of become synonymous for middle America Um, and not necessarily in in a bad way, but it is familiar even to people who have never been there. But I think, um, you're right that people who live in smaller towns who maybe live in the Midwest sometimes have an inferiority complex compared to bigger cities or to the coast. They feel like um, these other places maybe ignore them or look down on them. And so I think sometimes it's helpful to be reassured that your place matters and your connection to your place matters. You don't have to live in a big famous city or uh, you, you don't have to live on the coast for your place to be important. Um, And so I find that when I, you know, get asked to do, uh, when I get asked to speak about my book, This Is Where You Belong, that message especially resonates for people who live in, in smaller communities and particularly in the Midwest, because I talk about place attachment and that's this feeling of being really deeply rooted in your community. And I think for a lot of Midwesterners, a lot of smaller town people, they are familiar with that feeling. They know what it is. Uh, And here's someone giving them some language to describe it and also telling them that this is really valuable, that it's, it's healthy for you, it makes you happier, it helps your community, and that that can happen anywhere. Um, And you don't have to be in a different place in a bigger city on the coast for your connection with your community to be important. Now, Melody, how did you come to this subject of uh, sort of exploring this whole area of where one lives and going to see people and talk to people about small town, big town, everything? How did you come to that? It was really my personal experience. I grew up in California, speaking of the coast, um, never moved a single time till I went away to college. But at the end of college, I got married and my husband and I just started a, about a 13 year period of moving frequently, you know, every two or three years 
we moved um, to Maryland and then to Utah and then to Iowa and Texas and then to Virginia where we live now. And I, I was really interested in the process that has to happen for someone to feel at home in a place, especially when it's new. And so when my family moved um, to Blacksburg, Virginia, you know, my husband got a job here. I sort of dove into the research around place and people's connection to their place. And that is how I came across this concept of place attachment and realized that there are concrete things people can do to increase that sense of place attachment for themselves. So I started doing what I called love where you live experiments, which were just kind of these little behavior changes that I did in my community to purposefully, intentionally make myself feel better about it. Um, and, you know, realize that that was actually an effective approach and that you could make yourself feel more connected in your community quicker. But how long, when, how long have you oh, been sorry. in Blacksburg now? So it's been 10 years now, um, which right. is, uh, crazy <laughs> um because you know before this the longest we'd ever spent in in any particular spot was six years in Iowa for grad school um and now we've been here 10 years I don't think we expected it but we really we really have fallen in love with it and we don't want to move um which is very strange for us because you know we've always want to move uh, wanted to move before this we're always kind of open to, you know, what we talked about earlier, this idea that there's a better city out there for us and we just need to find it. And now we've kind of come to realize that this is home for us and it makes us happy. Um, but I think what I realized uh, writing the book and having it published was that this was good advice, not just for people who were moving or who were new in a place, but for people who had been in their communities a long time and either kind of needed a refresher course about how to, you know, feel like you were engaged in your town or people who were already engaged. And this sort of gave them a, a framework for understanding why that was so valuable. Yeah. Why am I so happy here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> exactly. I, I need someone to tell me. Um, Melody's got a new book coming out. If you could live anywhere coming out this summer in July, and how is that different from this is where you belong? So if you could live anywhere kind of stemmed from writing, this is where you belong, because after this is where you belong came out, I started doing speaking engagements in different places and realized that there was this whole world of um, talent attraction and retention, uh, which in, in layman's terms just means there are communities all over the country who are working hard because they want you to come live there. Um, and I realized, especially during, you know, because of COVID and the switch that a lot of people made to remote work, a lot of us are making these hard decisions about where to live. So my mindset is kind of, if you are already in a community, learn to be happy there. But if you're making that decision, be smart about the decision, you know, be, be wise about how you approach it. And so that is kind of, the idea of if you could live anywhere, I'm trying to help um, give people some uh, guidance about how to make those tough decisions about where to live and point them to places that might help them succeed, make money, be happy. 
you know, that's an interesting point because I, you know, I think most of us have during COVID have witnessed this remote world, you know, Zoom calls and people working out of their home and, and all of that. And one would think, yeah, you know, even when, and hopefully COVID, you know, goes away or, or you know, sort of uh, gets down to a livable level, if, if that's the way to put it, that, you know, it's an opportunity for towns that, you know, now can say, hey, come here and live. And, you know, you've got your job. We don't, we don't need a big factory to draw you in. Uh, we need an internet connection, you know, so you can do your job. And, you know, that seems like that would open it up to a whole lot more community, especially small ones, if they have yes. these amenities. And and you 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 find that's what you've been uh, exploring a little bit, or or yeah, that that's exactly it. Um, you know, the word that some of these communities have been using to describe themselves is Zoom towns. You oh, know yeah. that right. um, during because of that because of that switch, the way towns attract people has really changed. That it's no longer about getting the factory to come settle in your community or the mill or something like that. It's just getting people to consider that your community can offer them a higher quality of life. And people who have remote jobs can really do that job from anywhere. And so towns are now competing to attract the, those remote workers. We've even seen a boom in communities offering cash incentives, you know, $10,000 to move to our town. And so it's a really interesting world, but it's a huge opportunity, especially for small towns and rural places who maybe haven't been on the radar as much. And now people who aren't tied to cities by their jobs can consider smaller towns because it's the kind of life they want to live. Um, and so it's, I think we're going to see a, a lot of growth and change happening in in smaller areas and rural communities. And that's kind of the, the hidden agenda of my second book is to get people to give small towns uh, a second chance. Well, that you gave me a second chance. So I thank you so much for that. Uh, <laughs> Melody Warnick, uh, this is where you belong, the Peoria Reed selection. We thank you so much. Um, it's a fascinating subject. I know you're going to uh, you know, you're going to be busy because everyone's going to want to say, hey, what about this? What about that in terms of their town or some of the subjects you bring up? But I, I think it's something that I look forward to your next book and uh, perhaps talking to you again. Yeah. Thank you so much, Steve. I really appreciate it. OK, well, appreciate it, Melody. Take care now. Thanks. You too. Sure. Bye. -bye. Bye.